episode of the digital download i'm kate hamer i run a marketing and digital consultancy kate hamer limited i've worked in large brands like unilever disney and l'oreal for over 15 years and a decade of that in digital so i know how hard it can be to keep up to date with the fast moving world of digital when you're also doing a full-time job so this podcast will hopefully help you by giving you a summary of the past week's news and i also discuss key topics in the industry Thanks as always to everyone who's downloaded it. Do subscribe and leave a review and do keep sending me feedback. I really want this to be your podcast so you can tweet me at Kate Hamer LTD or you can email kate at katehamer.com with any feedback, questions or topics that you would like me to cover. This week it is a super quick one. I know I say that some weeks and it ends up not being but it really is going to be looking at the latest news from whatsapp twitter of course the apple keynote last week and then a few interesting brand stories there won't be a podcast next week and i'm going to see reaction to doing this fortnightly rather than weekly so do message me and let me know whether you think fortnightly would be okay and uh, there won't be a podcast next week. There will be one the week after, and then we can decide whether it's going fortnightly or not. Right, so let's crack on. Nothing on Facebook this week. There are a few stories about the trending algorithm still throwing up some odd um, articles in the trending section, but nothing really of any significance. So on to WhatsApp. So there's an Android beta taking place at the moment on WhatsApp, which has added some features which are quite similar to Snapchat, Kel surprise. So they are adding the ability to draw on an image and to use stickers. So obviously very similar to Snapchat. They're also using the open source Twimoji version of emoji that Twitter and Snapchat use, which does mean that you've got two different types of emoji within the same app, because obviously when you're writing a message, you have a different style of emoji. So that's a bit strange. There's also rumour that there's going to be a pseudo flash for nighttime selfies. So similar to Apple's retina flash, it will brighten your screen up momentarily so that you can illuminate your face if you're taking a selfie in badly lit conditions. So those things are on a beta with Android at the moment, but look like they will be rolling out to everyone eventually. On to Snapchat. There was an article in The Drum this week about Snapchat and its use during the Olympics. Obviously, I've already talked about a global report that came out last week or the week before. But in terms of the UK, more than half of the 10 million people who use Snapchat daily in the UK watched the live stories that it produced in partnership with BBC for the Rio Olympics. And the content was more around experiences rather than the actual highlights of the sport. So it shows the way that people want to consume different types of content, especially the younger audience. So four fifths of Snapchat's user base in the UK are aged between 13 and 34. Here we get that ridiculously large 
chunk of ages 13 year olds and 34 year olds don't really see why they are similar to each other but there you go that was what was put in the article i think this whole millennials thing the more i think about it the more irritating it becomes i think it's just people in general are now using things in a different way um i was in a meeting again last week where someone was saying oh millennials behavior is very similar to the behavior of 45 year olds well maybe that's just because it's people in the world now rather than millennials anyway i digress so they Snapchat have been finding that live stories hasn't worked so well for sports so far as it has for things like music and fashion, but it seems to have really worked well for the Olympics and there was a good mix of content in there in terms of crowd reactions, athletes speaking to camera, they were also pulling in gymnasts from Team GB like Max Whitlock when they were posting. So there was a really good mixture of stuff. They had geo filters and lenses that could turn users into athletes, like an equestrian or a table tennis player. Obviously, they're Bitmoji, stickers, medal count, geo filters, showing the gold, silver and bronze medals. So lots of different things that they had on there and um, really looks like they're going to be doing more and more in the field of sport on Snapchat. So keep that in mind if that is an area that you work in. The biggest news of last week was obviously the Apple keynote on the 7th of September, where they announced the new iPhone 7, iPhone 7 Plus, the Apple Watch Series 2, and the new wireless headphones called AirPods. So I've put some things on the companion page. There's a really good video that Apple did that summarizes their whole kind of keynote in 107 seconds, I think it is. Yep. Uh, so have a look at that. They started it with Carpool Karaoke. Obviously, I spoke in previous podcasts about the fact that Apple Music have bought the rights to that, but without James Corden presenting. He was presenting this version with Tim Cook. Um, Tim Cook was pretty wooden and I think may have even been miming to the first song but have a look at that as well so the big thing that everyone's talking about that came out from it is that they're getting rid of the headphone jack so there's just a lightning port on the new phone they will they do put an adapter that goes into the lightning port and then you can add headphones and they also put headphones with a wire that goes into the lightning port. I've seen some articles say if they're doing that, then they're clearly not entirely sure that they've done the right thing in terms of getting rid of the headphone jack because they're still giving people wired headphones. These new AirPods are gonna be $159. You have to buy those separately. They basically look like the headphones that are normally attached to the wire. There's some quite good tweets where people have just cut the wire off the bottom of theirs. I've also seen tweets where people have put a brawn toothbrush head in their ear instead. Some people tweeting saying I've not even got them and I've already lost them. It'll be interesting to see how people keep hold of just the little headphones without wires. But actually why they've done it does make sense to me when I've read about it. So they're saying that the audio connector is more than 100 years old. It had its last big innovation 50 years ago when they made it smaller and that's literally all they've done. And their senior vice president of hardware engineering, Dan Riccio, is saying that 
we've got this 50 year old connector but it's just a hole filled with air and it's sitting there taking up space really valuable space and when they've sort of explained that the amount of space that that's taking means that they have less space for camera technologies for processors for battery life and another big thing is it was one of the things that was stopping the iphone being water resistant because obviously you've got a big hole in the bottom of the phone that water can get into so it is true that they've obviously made improvements to the camera by removing this they've also got rid of the home button which i think i mentioned in a previous podcast so there's going to be this new taptic engine that has a pressure sensitive home button so it's like the trackpads on apple's latest macbook and it uses vibrating sensations to simulate the feeling of a click without actually clicking so that's going to be replacing the home button and the battery life thing is very interesting so by having this extra bit of space the iphone 7 has got 14 percent bigger battery life which equates to about two hours and the iphone 7 plus five percent which equates to about an hour so that's pretty good and phil schiller their svp says remember we've been through this many times before we got rid of parallel ports the serial bus floppy drives physical keyboards on phones do you miss the physical keyboards on your phone at some point soon i think we're all going to look back at the ferrari over the headphone jack and wonder what the big deal was there you go it's gone but you can still plug your headphones in through this lightning port adapter you obviously have to buy an additional lightning port adapter if you want to have your headphones plugged in and be charging your phone at the same time a few other things to note obviously i've talked briefly about the camera but there's a dual camera on the iphone 7 plus which has two lenses to prevent distortion and to enable zooming the selfie and cam the selfie camera on both models has been upgraded to seven megapixels from five in terms of storage it now comes in 32 128 and 256 gig so they've got rid of the 16 gig there's also a new black called jet black as well as black gold silver and rose gold water resistancy as well same for the watch it's going to be water resistant down to 50 meters it's faster brighter screen and they've done a tie-in with nike on the watch as well for a real true running watch which i have to say i'm quite interested by as well another development that they talked about in the keynote was that imessage is going to have its own app store and that's coming with the ios update next week so they've been working with more than a dozen brands to develop apps for the iMessage store sounds like it might be similar to the sort of bots that have been being tested out with brands through Facebook so keep an eye out for that as well other announcements that went down very well there's a new Super Mario game coming out in December for the iPhone Nintendo shares went up 26% when that was announced Pokemon Go you can now play on Apple Watch Although I don't know if that craze is gone. Are people still playing Pokemon Go? In terms of the buzz on social media, there were 1.36 million tweets about the Apple event between 6pm and midnight of it happening. Just under half of those were about the iPhone itself and all the different developments. 153,000 tweets were about the wireless headphones, including all the comedy ones about the ways in which you can lose them. 100,000 around the Apple Watch. 74,000 Super Mario Run, the new game, and 32,000 around Pokemon Go. 
So there's some links on the companion page to more information on all of that. Check it out. On to Twitter. Big development for Twitter this week is that they've improved direct messages and it looks like it's to compete with Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, iMessage, etc. So there's now read receipts and typing indicators. You can also, if you're doing a group chat, can see whether it's being seen by everyone or not in terms of the message you've sent. You are able to turn read receipts off, which I know some people like to do. And the other thing is that web link previews will now be in direct messages. They're obviously already on the Twitter platform, but they'll be in direct messages as well now. Onto Periscope, I've embedded a video, a Periscope video that their Android team broadcast live this week talking about some of the developments that they're making on Android that will be coming to iOS soon, I imagine, as well. One is that now when you're broadcasting, you can actually see the avatars of the people that you follow that are following your broadcast at the bottom. They position this as it can make broadcasters feel less lonely and know exactly who's in the room. You can also see when they leave, obviously, and you'll see if it's them that are hearting things that you're doing. There's also a new tip feature that's been brought in. So when you go to start a broadcast and type in your title, it gives you a little tip about how you should write your title. And when you start broadcasting, a tip will come up saying, say hello to your viewers, engage with them, that kind of thing. They've improved search. So there's now a search function on the top right of the screen and you can get to that option on virtually every tab. That is something that I've noticed. It's quite hard to discover people and find things that you're looking for. So that's a good improvement. And then a question was asked on the broadcast about if they've got any plans to make it possible to use split screen and have other apps open. They were saying, obviously, because they use both audio and video, it's difficult depending on what the other app was that you were trying to look at. But uh, they are working on that. So that broadcast is embedded on the companion page on katehamer.com. In terms of brand news this week, you may have seen the announcement around McDonald's and Omnicom. So in North America, McDonald's has consolidated its advertising business with the Omnicom Group. It's going to have a dedicated agency which is being billed as an agency of the future that will be both creative and media and it'll be led by DDB who won the pitch. So there was an announcement from the DDB CEO saying exactly 18 weeks ago today, we received a dream brief from one of the most iconic brands in the world to create the agency of the future. The result is a customized agency built with intelligence at the core to fuel brilliant creative work that's delivered at the speed of the marketplace at an efficient cost. So one of the interesting things in this is that McDonald's have asked the agency to sign a contract requiring them to work for zero margin. So they'll pay all of Omnicom's variable costs, but any profit that they're going to make is going to come from performance related pay. So that's obviously really interesting from a client side view. I definitely think that the model needs to change in terms of the way that we work, especially with media agencies, because you're not necessarily getting that kind of channel agnostic response because of deals that they might have in the background and stuff. But I'm not entirely sure that this is going to work in terms of it seemingly them almost creating like an in-house agency for McDonald's. And I'm not sure that they're necessarily going to get the innovation and creative that they are thinking they will because they might end up just starting to 
tell the agency exactly what to do. So there's a very interesting debate that's been going on between the ad contrarian and then Mark Ritson, who I think I've quoted on here before. I'll put the two links to the articles. Mark is very much, from a client perspective, interested in this new way of working, thinks it can bring a lot of opportunities. The ad contrarian with more background agency side, can't see that it's going to work, thinks the whole agency of the future thing is quite a tired name that keeps being bandied about but never really happens. So I'll put the link to the two articles on the companion page, have a read. Mark did a vote to see who agreed more with him versus the ad contrarian and the ad contrarian uh, smashed it in terms of votes so have a look and see what you think on to another brand the world wildlife fund is using virtual reality to bring the charity work that they're doing around the world to life so they've got some events happening in shopping centers where they can immerse people on a sort of forest walk where they can see the tigers in their natural habitat, but they can also explain to them about the risks of poaching, etc. And it's a really good way, obviously, to get people to donate. They need to explain the story, but they haven't got tigers and stuff that they can take round and show people. So really good way that they're using technology to get their message across. Obviously, they did a brilliant campaign probably a couple of years ago now in terms of endangered emoji. So they're always quite at the cutting edge of using these new ways of marketing. So it'll be interesting to see the results they get from that. I read an article this week about Pernod Ricard and how they want their staff to become brand ambassadors. So they're working with LinkedIn and an employee advocacy platform called Elevate to encourage all of their employees to share articles of interest across their own networks. So they want their digitally savvy employees to also become ambassadors for the brand. Makes complete sense. People in businesses are the ones that know most about the brand. So if you can give them the right kind of guidelines and advice, then it's a good way to get more influencers and ambassadors for your brand talking in the digital space. Chipotle are testing burrito delivery by drone. So this is at Virginia Tech at the moment. It's in a kind of sealed area so it's not going over people out and about in their daily lives it's not with the general public but they're just testing to see if it will be possible to use drones to deliver burritos so that might be the new vehicles that Deliveroo and people use in the not too distant future and then you might have seen this week that Mars have created some new adverts for Maltesers that were first broadcast in the opening ceremony of the Paralympics. There's links to these on the companion page so that you can see the videos. One of them is the first time that a UK ad has been aired in silence and it just uses British Sign Language to communicate with no subtitles. And I think it's great. I have to say... I think it's sad that we have to make a thing of an advert using disability because it should just naturally be doing it. But they are saying that the Maltesers adverts are very much a first step and they're looking at casting for all of their future adverts in the UK and they want to look at a diverse range of options, whether that's ethnicity, disability, the nature of the families they show. And they also want to use it to 
be a springboard to unlock creativity on some of their existing campaign ideas and make them more effective. Latest figures show that 80% of disabled people feel underrepresented by TV and the media. And obviously they want to uh, address that. And Scope have said that the purple pound is worth over £200 billion a year. So they want more companies recognising the spending power of disabled consumers. But they're great ads. Check them out. See what you think. And the last thing that I liked this week, I'm, I'm really loving the tone of innocent social media at the moment. And I think it is the guy that used to do Waterstones that has now gone to work at Innocent and has taken over. And I feel like it's got a real great sense of humour around it. So I've embedded the one that they did during the Apple keynote, which was their new Apple juice um, and it's just quite a witty little advert. So have a look at that as well. So that's it for this week. As I said, super fast, but that's all the news that you need to know. I am still on the case with getting guests. I know I said that last week, but I promise there will be guests soon on the podcast. Do keep letting me know what you think. Tweet me at LTD or email kate at katehamer.com. No podcast next week, but I will be back on the 26th of September. And obviously I will be tweeting in the meantime from at LTD. Have a great one.